Welcome to Nuggets Nation, where you'll find the most up-to-date news, stories, and information about the Denver Nuggets and their organization. Brought to you by your host, Ethan Hinschel. Hey everyone, this is Ethan back with episode 3 of Nuggets Nation. If you've been paying attention, you know that I have a very special guest coming on today's episode. And if you haven't, no worries at all, I'm here to introduce him anyways. So I'd like to introduce Jeff Lorbrum, the head coach of the University of Denver men's basketball team. Before he was coaching here at the University of Denver, Coach Lorbrum was the assistant coach at the University of California, Illinois State, UAB, and most recently Stanford before becoming the head coach of the University of Denver. He's coached collegiate basketball for almost 30 years now, so he's got tons and tons of experience and such great knowledge to share. His first year at DU in 2021, the team went 11-21. and Last year, they made a big jump and went 15-17. and And this year, as he will talk about, he has expectations for the team to hopefully reach that 20-win mark. Not only that, Coach Worm has also coached over 30 players that have gone on to play professional basketball, including Jason Kidd and Kevin Nash, who are two NBA All-Stars. So finally, I'd like to welcome Coach Jeff Worm, head coach of the University of Denver men's basketball team. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Uh, Ethan, nice to be with you today and uh, to be a guest on your podcast. I appreciate it and uh, bring attention to our program here at uh, the University of Denver and also uh, basketball in the city of Denver. I think that's great. So anything I can do to support you moving forward, uh, please let me know. Um, uh, My background a little bit. uh, I've been at DU as the head basketball coach. This will be my third season now. And um, we took over a program that... uh, uh, needed to be a major rebuild, and I feel like we've made good progress each of the years that we've been here. Um, took another step forward last season, and of course, the hope is this season to take another step forward. And and what that translates to us is: can we get to the eighteen to twenty win uh, plateau and um, uh, and compete in the upper tier of our conference and challenge for a conference championship? So um, that's a little bit of history as far as how I'm here prior to that, uh, really I've spent my career and uh, my my professional lifetime uh, in the college basketball world. Uh, I, I did coach high school basketball for a total of 10 years, but I've been in uh, division one basketball for about 25 years or so. Um, I've had stops as an associate head coach at Stanford uh, for the last, for the five years prior to arriving at DU. Uh, prior to that, I was at the University of Alabama, Birmingham for four uh, four years. Uh, I was at Virginia Tech. I was at Illinois State, uh, Cal Berkeley, um, you know, have all been college stops for me. And I've had the benefit to work with some great people. I made some great friends in this business, uh, traveled ar- around the world. And uh, it, it's really afforded me tremendous opportunities, tremendous friendships, and uh, just a wonderful experience in high sign now. That sounds amazing. Um One thing that I would love to get into is, as you have said, you took over a rebuilding program here at the University of Denver. As fans and just people in the community, how can we continue to help grow basketball on a local stage here for the University of Denver and just get the word out, you know, that we're an upcoming team? Yeah, you know, I think it's a collaborative effort uh, between uh, uh, us doing a a good job at the University of Denver, selling tickets, marketing our program, putting a a product on the floor that people want to see, playing a style of play, which is attractive to people. And we've got to do 
our uh, our share of that is putting the, a good product on the floor. And then from an institutional standpoint, we have to do a good job marketing, selling tickets. And then, uh, you know, we want to get people at the games. And of course, uh, I feel if we get people at the games, they'll like what we what they see. Uh, I think we'll play an inter- entertaining style of play, both offensively and defensively. And um, uh, really proud of the young men that represent our program. And, uh, you know, that's part of our story here. And, uh, you know, I guess I would start that I, I think that the culture that you build, that's an overused term a lot, but it's really important. And it, it means everything to me. And I think that the culture you build is such an important component and a foundational component to your success uh, uh, as far as what you do on the court. Uh, we've uh, I've been really, really clear in the time that I've been here that uh, we're going to recruit student athletes that fit the academic mission of the school. Uh, our student athletes have done a wonderful job in the classroom and uh, uh, we're going to recruit kids that uh, are high character, high integrity people. And uh, and make the university proud, and um, um, you know that that's that's the goal. We we've done a great job in laying that foundation, and uh, it only seems to get better and better. We're uh, we've had a couple of quarters now where our team GPA is around three point six, and um, our guys understand the value of a DU degree. Um, and what I would say is something that has been a goal of mine. Uh, we want student athletes in our basketball program that chase excellence in everything that they do uh, from the academic opportunities to the basketball aspect, to the networking uh, aspect of it. And, um, and we want to make the, the community, uh, the faculty, uh, the alumni, uh, our donors, boosters uh, proud of, of what we're doing here. And uh, I feel very good about the progress we made. We've made to this point, Ethan, uh, from around the Denver area. And uh, it, we give them one day, and uh, they come here and they play four games in a timely fashion. And uh, it's it's one-stop shopping. They get to come here in a convenient location, play four games against different competition than they see during the regular season. And again, we have a chance to network with uh, the high school basketball uh, coaches and players uh, here in the Denver area. So it's really a win-win. And and then certainly we're, we're trying to promote Denver basketball along the way. And um, so uh, from our our camps uh, and the exposure of our program, uh, it, it certainly has impacted attendance. Uh, you asked about, you know, young people, I, you know, you get, you've got to take the Nuggets championship this year. And, um, you know, I've got to believe that's just, just a tremendous um, achievement, certainly for the team, but for the community to, to have an NBA champion right here in our backyard. And uh, Ethan, I tell you what, they, they just didn't win it, but they did it the right way. And, you know, I think any basketball person you talk to will, will say that they played unselfish basketball. The, the best player, you know, maybe in the NBA and Jokic is one of the most unselfish players. And, uh, you know, I think he gets more pride and satisfaction out of making a good pass than he does uh, scoring baskets. And uh, it, it's, you know, he, and he certainly has, uh, you know, developed that mentality and that attitude within the team. And it's really been fun. We've been here two plus years now to watch that team grow. It's basically the same team, but they've, they've grown and they've matured so much, not just as players, but as people uh, having such a mature mindset, putting the team first and uh, individual agendas, you know, behind the team goals. So it, it's been wonderful to watch. It really has been. And it really is an example of how the game should be played.
I couldn't agree more. Like you talked about culture in your team. I think the Nuggets have such a great culture in their team and just organization. You know, it starts with Michael Malone, their head coach, and then trickles down, like you said, Nikola Jokic, who I'd argue is by far the best NBA player in the world. Um, you know, yeah. he's so selfless and he wants, he's just focused on team success. And to me, you know, that's what makes the Nuggets so successful because they're just focused at the end goal of winning an NBA championship. And we saw that in this past yeah. spring. So I think the qualities that you talk about will, you know, translate to success at any level. Coaching an elementary school team, a division one team or a high school team, um, you know, getting the uh, getting your group bought into the the, the team uh, is the most important goal and and getting the best shot for the team every time down and having the team achievements motivate you and not individual. I've always told my teams that if the team does well, um, you know, the individual attention that you'll draw from that will be incredible. It was a great example for us to see up close. One thing I'd like to highlight is I know we've talked about culture a bit back and forth here. In terms of you as a coach, when you're looking at recruiting for a high school and a middle school player, what do you look at in terms of how they carry themselves, not just in their style of play, but off the court? You know, what do you look for in terms of a person? We do our due diligence uh, is, is what I could tell you, Ethan, that when we recruit a player, um, we want to make sure that he fits our core values. We have five core values in the program and it's integrity, it's selflessness, it's accountability, it's investment and it's discipline. And we recruit to those core values. We want the, the they're just not five words up on the locker room wall. We want our the players that we recruit to embody and reflect that. And uh, and then, as I said, fit the academic mission of the school. On top of that, from a basketball standpoint, um, you know, we 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 want kids who display those qualities on the basketball court. You know, unselfish players and. Um, uh, that that certainly is is something that we look for, and you know it's you you want kids that have a competitive streak. Uh, you watch their body language, you know. You watch their interaction with their coaches, their interaction with their teammates, um, uh, their body language. You know, all of those things go into your assessment of a player and whether or not you feel like he's a good fit for your program. Um, but uh, all of those things are important. Gosh, we take a dive into the social media accounts of the kids that we recruit and we make sure that, you know, there's nothing out there that uh, is objectionable or uh, offensive in any way. And, um, you know, I think that uh, we, we tell kids all the time that, uh, you know, be smart, you know, in terms of social media and that once you put something out there, I mean, it's, it's out there for good. And, we just we want kids who make good decisions and represent the right thing. And integrity is our number one core value. And we simply tell our players that that's being led by doing the right thing. And I guess we're we're really looking for that, whether that's on the court or off the court. I think as fans of basketball and just fans of the Nuggets, I think we all can take a lesson from the way that team carries themselves. Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, none of them are selfish players. They all want team success. And I think Michael Porter is actually a great example. In his finals run, he didn't play the best every single game, actually. You know, he had some, he struggled <clears> in a few <throat> games, but he was really valuable to the team. He rebounded the ball well. He got on the glass. He dove for the ball when they needed him and he provided a role. And I think that's a message that should really be spread loud because in today's NBA, it seems social media dominates and, you know, you got to score 25 points a game to get that paycheck. And 
guys like Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter don't do that, but they have such a valuable role for this team. And I think for high schoolers and middle schoolers listening to this podcast, you don't need to score 25 points a game to be successful in basketball today. Like you were mentioning, everyone has a role and it's all for team success. Well, Ethan, I, I, I think we, we tell our players all the time, you know, if, if the ball's not going in the basket and you're not scoring points, how are you going to make your presence felt? Uh, and I've always thought that players who, who, uh, only who think that the only value they bring to a team is is offensively scoring really short short change themselves and uh and what they can do and you know you want to see contributions on the defensive end you want to see offensive contributions in addition to scoring whether that's offensive rebounding whether that's playmaking and creating for your teammates with unselfish play whether that's rebounding on the offensive or defensive sides and um it, you know uh, tremendous effort in all those areas and uh, i hate to think and and try to discourage uh, any of our players from thinking that the only value that they bring to a team is how many points they score, you know, night in and night out. Absolutely. Cause a lot of things don't necessarily show up on the basketball court, like leadership, IQ, just being a good teammate, I think are such important characteristics of a successful team. And if every player can contribute a little bit to the team, the team will have great overall success. You know, you're talking about recruiting good people and, and people with high character. And, um, you know, we want guys who who want to be great players, want to be great students, want to be great brothers, great sons, great teammates. And, um, you know, hit all their opportunities out of the park. And, uh, uh, you know, that uh, certainly will go a long way to building a very strong culture. Absolutely. To kind of switch topics a bit, um, just to go into some fun areas of basketball. So. I know there's been talks. I doubt it's happening anytime soon, but everyone tries to shoot like Steph Curry and shoot as far away as they can. Um, do you think there would ever be a shot there would be that a four-point NBA or even college <laughs> basketball shot could come into play? Yeah, never say never, right? <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I th- I've seen some leagues now, three-on-three leagues, where they do have, you know, the shot closer to half court is worth four points. Mm-hmm. You never know. You know, I, I think... Uh, you know, the, uh, the the rules of the game have changed subtly you know, over the years. And I think there's a willingness to want to um, preserve the tradition of the game. Uh, but, you know, gosh, look how important the three-point rule was. You know, what was that, 1987 or 86, 87, I think, when that was implemented and how that's changed the game. So, you know, I, I think the, the longer you're in the game, you realize there are a lot of different ways to do it. And, uh, you know, you embrace changes. And gosh, Ethan, I'll tell you, I, you know, in terms of changes, there are so many changes going on in collegiate athletics at this point. You know, not just basketball, but you've got so many things from, you know, just recent news here, the Dartmouth basketball team trying to unionize. There's a class action suit Um uh, you know, for uh, Division One basketball players who competed between 2016 and 2021 to recruit, recoup name, image, likeness compensation. You know, that's a billion dollar decision, you know, by the courts here in, in uh, which will happen pretty soon. So there's so many, you get the name, image, likeness compensation, so many things going on. And, um, you know, you as a coach, 
you have to embrace these changes. You know, I, I think it's great that the kids, the players are allowed to benefit from their name image likeness and put some money in their pockets and uh, anything that favors a student athlete, I'm in favor of. Um, uh, but you have to find ways to navigate it. And uh, so I said, I would say you have to embrace it, find effective ways to navigate it and be innovative in your approach. You know, uh, this game has changed so much uh, just since I took the job two plus years ago uh, to, to where we are today. So uh, certainly a lot is, is changing and um, in, in collegiate athletics and, uh, we're going to do our best job. Uh, you know, how we navigated at the University of Denver would be different than the way North Carolina is navigating under Alabama. So uh, uh, we have to to find our niche and uh, uh, as, as all of our peer schools do as well. If there was one rule change that you could propose, whether college, <laughs> MBA, do you have anything in mind? I, you know, it's uh, like I said, you have to be innovative. I don't know from a rule change, if you're talking more NCAA rules or, or plain rules on the court. Um, I'll tell you one that, you know, you have to uh, give some thought to with, with the transfer portal and what happens. A lot of times uh, teams at our level have players that have, uh, have very good seasons and uh, they unofficially get recruited, although they're not supposed to. Uh, to to play at another level and be offered uh, inducements. And, um, you know, if you lose a player to the portal, maybe you should get reimbursed for the expenses that you've invested uh, in that young person from tuition and education expenses to, uh, uh, you know, all the dollars that you've put forward uh, before that player transferred. And, uh, you know, you, you're just trying to be innovative in your thinking and, you know, would that slow things down to some degree, but yet, um, you know, not close any opportunities for the student athletes? I know the NBA is bringing forth a new rule change to their league this year about flopping, where they will assess a flopping penalty and the opposing team will be awarded one free throw attempt. How do you feel about that rule being instituted this year? Yeah, um, you know, we have the flopping rule in, in college. We've had it for a couple of years now. And, um, uh, you know, I understand that you've I, I, I like the charge, the, the, the block charge. Um, um, you know, I, I think the intent of, the, of eliminating the flop is a good one. Um, you know, does it discourage players from taking charges now? Probably. I think the toughest one of the toughest calls at the college level is the back down play where a player catches the ball at 12 to 15 feet, takes two, three dribbles and is lowering his shoulder into the defender as he backs him down to the block. And that's for the officials. That's a really difficult play to call. And, um, you know, if he if he hits him in the chest, is it a charge? Does he need to lower his shoulder? It's a really difficult call. And um, um, I would love to see that cleaned up in some way. To transition a little bit back to the Nuggets, um, as fans, we can recognize that we lost a few key players this offseason, Bruce Brown, Jeff Green. But we did add some young rookies in this year's draft who hopefully can contribute to this team. Um I think last year in the finals run, Christian Braun actually played a really valuable role for the Nuggets. He didn't get the most minutes, but when he did play, he gave them a nice spark off the bench and played some good defense. Like you said, he wasn't scoring, but defense does matter. Um, what do you think expectations can be for the Nuggets this season? Well, I would think once you achieve 
what they've achieved in NBA championship. That's got to be the goal, uh, right? For the, for the, uh, for the recent future, I guess it uh, would be to repeat, right. You know, it's such a, a well-run organization and it's represented by such high quality people. Um, they've been good friends to us. Uh, gosh, I got off the phone today a little while ago with Bill Hanslick and, you know, uh, an icon uh, here in the city um, as a player, um, you know, as someone who works in the community to try to uh, to help the youth uh, of the Denver area and really in the whole state of Colorado in his organization. Um, they're just represented. They're such a well-run organization. It's no accident that they competed and had the best franchise in, in the NBA this year. So I would certainly think at that if I were them at that level, you know, your your goal is certainly to repeat and make the uh, the adjustments and the uh, the transactions that are necessary to to stay on top. Obviously, we don't we're not the players, so we can't be inside their mind. But Nikola Jokic did not win his third straight MVP last season, and much to the displeasement of Nuggets fans, including myself, you could argue he deserved it. Joel Embiid did win, but a lot of the argument was Nikola Jokic hadn't won a ring and he was not a finals MVP and it's like all right well guess what now he is you know so do you think this season he's going to come out with a bit of a vengeance looking for that third MVP oh you, you know one thing I I think you have to take from his comments uh, anytime any interviews that I've seen of him that's not his motivation his motivation is is the ring and the team achievement uh not the individual accolades uh those have come uh but um, he, he seems, I, I love listening to his interviews. Uh, I mean, he's all about the team and the team success. And uh, he, I don't think he really cares about how many points he scores and the numbers that he puts up. It's it's all about the team success. I, I th- That is such a great example. I've alluded to his interviews so many times in talking to my team that uh, just, you know, to have your best player exude those great unselfish traits is, uh, that's why they won the championship. Mm-hmm, totally. Because I mentioned in the previous episode of mine how Nikola Jokic is probably the most humble, selfless player to root for in the NBA, and he's also the best. So it's pretty rare that those two combinations go together. I was talking to some friends, and a lot of us were not equating him because he's not there yet, but to a person like Tim Duncan just carries himself at such a high, humble way, but he knows how talented he is at the end of the day. And I really think the way he carries himself has an echo on the team because they know that Jokic is the leader, but we have to carry ourselves in a humble manner as well. Well, it's, you know, the examples you bring up, whether it's Tim Duncan, whether it's uh, Jokic, uh, like I said, it's no accident their teams are successful. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Coach Wilburn, today. I really appreciate your time and and everything you have to say. Ethan, uh, it's my pleasure. Uh, uh, hopefully you'll be um, uh, wanting to talk DU basketball as we go through the season. We're really excited about uh, our our upcoming season and the team that we have and uh, continued progress here for our program. Hey, everyone. I hope you all enjoyed what Coach Jeff Wilbrum of the University of Denver had to say. I for sure enjoyed his insights and expertise on basketball and hopefully down the road, he can come back on the podcast. To slightly transition, I'm doing a special giveaway. So if you've been listening in, you know what this giveaway is about, but if you haven't, no worries, I'm going to explain. If you are one of the first 500 subscribers to my podcast 
and one of the first 500 followers to the TikTok, you will have an opportunity to win an Nikola Jokic jersey. I will ship on my dime, so all you have to do is subscribe and follow. Thank you all for listening. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to bringing you content soon.